The church has an important role to play in helping people meet Jesus. Our guest today is my friend Don Coleman. Together, we unpack how the church should play that role and the pitfalls to avoid on this week's episode of the Noble Man Podcast. I was trying to explain chat and East End Fellowship and how that all got these young professionals kind of moving in and ministering in the community. Yeah, it was a a group of basically five young men while they were at UVA. uh, They were, they all lived together and all that. And they, one summer they went to visit this guy, Dr. John Perkins, down in um, Mississippi, Mendenhall, Mississippi. And um, their lives were changed. And they decided, like, hey, when we become real adults, let's all move to a certain to an area together and do what you call what Dr. Perkins is known for is what he called Christian community development. Um, and so, usually, by primarily, you go into an urban area that's struggling, and you go in there and try to help turn it around. And when they graduated from UVA, two of them got accepted to the medical school here at BCU. Okay. So they were like, that's two out of five. Yeah. I think Richmond could be the place. I've been working in racial reconciliation for years. So people told them about me and they came, I became sat on the porch. Yep, came sat on the porch. Actually, I think it was winter. So I think we finished <laughs> when they came. But um, the rest is kind of history, you know. A couple of them bought houses here. Then um, another one of them, his name was Corey Whitmer, he, he had felt the call to go into ministry. So that's what he was doing. He ended up going to seminary, and then he ended up working for this legendary theologian by the name of John Stott. Corey ended up being like uh, doing an internship with John Stott. He finished that. Third church here, Presbyterian church here, needed an associate pastor, Danny was one of the elders at that time, told him about Corey. Corey got the job there, bought a house down here. Me and him got together and he said, hey, Don, you think we should do a church down here? I said, sure, young man, if that's what you want to do. And so we did. And now he's, now he's the pastor of that church. He was down here for 10 years. They switched denominations. He could, be, he could then become the pastor. If they hadn't switched denomination, the denomination they were in, you couldn't, an associate couldn't become the lead pastor. So when they switched, that opened up the door for him to do that. And he's been there now five, six years. And we ended up getting another young pastor, Doug, Doug Paul. He was here. He's still here, but he's about to, actually, he's literally about to move. But he was, me and him worked together for like six years. And then in October, we just hired Nathan Walton, who's a UVA grad twice. He went to UVA for undergrad, went to Duke for uh, Master of Divinity, came back to UVA, got his doctorate, 35 years old. What's his doctorate in? Religion. Okay. But he's just too smart to come here. But he came. He's awesome. He's awesome. And um, he was able to get a home right in the neighborhood, so that's a part. We gather at four on Sundays, and the majority of the time, I think now it's about, around about 80% of the people 
walk or ride their bikes when we have a large gathering. It's starting to spread out now more around the city. Yeah, so I was telling them about chat. So okay, how does so, chat fit right, so into chat, that whole picture? Chat is Churchill Activities and Tutoring. Another young man, before this crew came, there was another young man. His name was Percy Strickland. Percy lived over a few blocks from here. When he moved in, it was like it wasn't a lot of whites here. So he moved in, bought a home over there. Him and his wife, his wife was uh, in medical school too. But what would happen is kids would come to his house. He used to let kids come to his house. And kids just kept coming. So one day he came over here and met with me. We actually walked over to the park, looked over the city. And he was like, Pastor Don, man, what should I do? These kids keep coming. I said, well, let them keep coming. And let's see what happens. Last night I was in the chat board meeting, finalizing our budget for 2022, 20, 22, 23. No, it's past crazy. I'm about to like, I got to go, y'all. This is Private high school academy reaching predominantly urban kids that probably not wouldn't even make it in the public school system. But then we ended up getting this amazing, there was a kind of a community basketball team. But the coach, he was just African-American, young guy, walk on, played a little college ball. But he loved discipling young men. So they were just balling in the community. Then they realized, like, Whoa, y'all got a school. So some of the guys started to come to the school. And now he's even using the school as a draw to build a team. So where there used to be a community team, now they're the school's basketball team. Um, But, yeah, so now the school is fully accredited. Um, How many students? Fifty. That's a lot yeah, of high school kids. Yeah, yeah. And but God is God is good, man. We've seen some good things happen. Trying to impact lives. You know, that's the the main thing for me. And like I said, I told you about the young pastor. That's really what I'm excited about is I really feel good about y'all got to figure this out. So unpack that. Right. It, it, it's very different. Some aspects of Western Christianity. Yeah. I, Christianity looks like it needs to, and this is hard what I'm about to say, it's going to have to separate from America. Should Christianity be influenced in America? Of course. But is this a Christian nation? That's where I think you just got to be open to having hard debates about that. This is the thing I'm hearing all the time now, and you probably need to be making sure somebody does a workshop on this, but it's just deconstructing their faith. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and if you act like you got a problem with that, you, you lost it. Where in being willing to like, okay, so what are you really saying? Tell me, tell me what about Jesus that you don't like? And what you find is most of it ain't about Jesus. Right. It's, it's, it's the establishment it's, church. It's, 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 I call it religiosity and churchianity that right. they don't like. And so that's what I do when they come to me. It's like, well, let's talk about what did Jesus say to you? Then they get mad. Like, well, you acting like I should be listening to Jesus. Yeah, he'll talk to you. Well, I don't like this. What did, what did Jesus say about it? Well, what do you mean? Like, like, like I can hear from Jesus? Yeah, you could if you would listen to him. And, and so that's where... That's the only way I survive, because cause they, they get mad with me because they want to fight me about church church stuff. Like, so, like, if I get a chance to talk to these guys and put the stuff on Facebook, I'm saying, all I want to know is, did Jesus tell you to do that? Oh, so you do stuff, Jesus, you don't, you do stuff that Jesus don't have to tell you. You just, you just spread out your opinion. It ain't like that. No, did Jesus tell you to write that? Well, do you do? Well, what about you, Pastor Don? Is there anything you do? Did Jesus tell you that? 
No, no, just looking me in the face and telling the truth. I'm really trying. I'm not saying I get it right all the time. But I, that's the way I believe I'm supposed to live. I can't about live like that. Mm, I don't know. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are of God. That's what it said. What are you saying? Well, you have access to only say and do things that you believe Jesus told you to say and do. But see, we've been telling people to go to church. That's our fault. And so that's what they do. They go to church, they go to meetings, they vote on stuff, and they go like, ah, I don't like getting heaven. And so if we if we don't take people back to, have you met him? I see, I mean, I, and that's where I'm at. I met Jesus. Last year, me and a white Baptist brother, we had Panera Bread, eating our lunch. African-American guy comes with a T-shirt. I'm the son of a king. I was like, wow. I was like, hey, man, I really like that T-shirt. He was like, oh, oh, you do? I said, yeah, yeah, I really or do you serve the white Jesus? Whoa, 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 what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you serve the white Jesus, though? I'm like, no, I, I believe in Jesus. I don't think he's white. And then he looks at my white friend. And my white friend said, oh, yes, sir. I just want you to know that has been perpetuated, and that's a lie. There's no way Jesus was white. So I apologize to you for that. This white guy tells him that. And I'm thinking, you are really my good white friend. Like, <laughs> I mean, really, because I didn't know what he was going to say. But he went on in there with him. And the guy was like, oh, blah, 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 blah. You know, do you know your history? So he thought I told his history. And I just humbled myself. Hey, if you're gonna, we're going to compete over history, and I'm probably way smarter than me. All I can tell you is I actually have met Jesus. I know him. He speaks to me. I talk to him on a regular basis. He didn't know what to do. Uh, but that was a great day for my, my, my white Baptist friend, man. I was like, great day, bro. You went on in there. He said, oh, yeah, no problem. No, that, no, that has been perpetuated. It's out of order. We shouldn't have. Never let that become, you know. You know, so my new term now is the Jesus of the Bible. I'm talking about the Jesus of the Bible. I'm talking about that one. I'm talking about the Jesus of the Bible. And uh, there's, there's no way he could be blonde and blue. I don't have any problem with people being blonde and blue. But that's not, that's not the Jesus of the Bible. But that's the reality that we're dealing with, especially in urban areas. You better come correct. Your Jesus better be alive and living and care about the poor and, and able to have conversation before you send me to hell, you're already going to hell. Why am I going to hell? Well, you're just going to hell. Why? Because you don't know Jesus. You haven't even introduced him to me. How, why would I know? Why should I just know him? See, because again, that's because this is a Christian nation. Everybody should already know that Jesus is Lord. Mm, no, I don't know anything about it. And that's the, what's going to happen to the African-American community, the generation where grandma used to know Jesus. Now grandma is 30 and she didn't grow up with her grandmother who knew Jesus. So she's like, I ain't, I ain't been to church in forever. I don't know about no Jesus. I, I heard my great grandma and them talk about, but I don't. And so what's got to happen? I, I said this way: it has to be a representation of Jesus. You know, like I said, I'm I'm, I'm excited to have a 35 year old pastor that I can talk to him and say, "Dude, I preach Jesus. Don't be ashamed." And then you, you know, you bring in all the stuff with homosexuality. I mean, at least we got to be able to have a conversation, you know, versus going to hell. Don't see that as how Jesus approached. It. So let me ask you this. Yes, we have to introduce Jesus, and he's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. How do we get people into the Bible more consistently? Man, I think there are lots of folks that are missing Jesus because they're not connected well with the Word, and that in itself is a fight. So how are you guys engaging that battle at East End and with the folks that you are discipling on the porch here? All you can do is point people to it. And actually use it yourself, which I know you do. Right. So that's it. I mean, just like we were just talking. Oh, you say, oh, that's Philippians too. That's what it's got to be. It's got to be in our conversation. And you're right. That's the battle. The battle here is 
even getting people to recognize, watch this now, your opinion is your opinion. And you can have your opinion. I'm always going to say, what does the word of God say? And then uh, you have to navigate people getting sick of that. Well, you always got to go back to the Bible. Well, what else I'm going to do? You know, and so then I have to be humble myself and be like, I don't care if they get mad. That's all I got. I don't, I don't, I wish I could reason with you. I can't out reason you, but I can point you to the word of God. Pretty soon they're going to be like, why you even believe the Bible? At that point, then what you going to do? God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. If Jesus by his spirit can't be revealed to you, me intellectually trying to convince you of that, and that's what I'm discovering is if we would humble ourselves and create an atmosphere where we say to people, oh no, Jesus is going to, he's going to reveal himself to you. The spirit is going to show you who Jesus is. That gets like, what? How's that going to happen? I don't know. You know, it, stri- it, it strikes me that we often pray that during Ramadan for Muslims because the testimony of many Muslims is, is that that's what happens God to came them. to me in a dream. That's, I saw him. So I met this guy. You know, it, it, this is part of the wonder of international missions. We have to go overseas sometimes to learn techniques oh. that we need to be using in our neighborhood. Oh. And oh. you okay, Don? That's so refreshing. <laughs> To hear somebody say that. Because, see, that's what we're afraid of. Right. We've been doing it the way we've been doing it for so long. Right. That we're afraid to, like, actually, you know what we really need? We need Jesus. To show up. To show up. Yeah. And be okay. He shows up for me when I read the word. When I pick the book up, he speaks to me all the time. But for me to have an expectancy that that's what this generation is going to do, that's where I'm off. So I just bring it back to, like, you can meet him. And then I draw them in because they think, oh, well, you just saying I can just meet them any kind of way? No, I actually use this. I yeah. usually use the word. Nothing I'm telling you that I can't line up with this. you you, you got to start with an encounter with God. Because if you don't have an encounter with God, because this, watch this now. Here's Peter, the disciples. They're walking with Jesus. Jesus said, well, who, who do they say? Who, who are the people saying? Well, some say you this, some say you that. Well, who do you say? What makes us think he's still not asking that today? That's what that's all. Who, who do you who do you say I am? So Jesus asking that question. And so I did an experiment at our church. That's what I did. I said, all right, imagine Jesus asked you that. That day we probably had about 80 people at church. I said, now this is what you do. Send me your answer. And some people did it, man. And it was it was a blessing. And when I look back, those are the people who are living disciple lives. They believe they've met Jesus. Well, that's a good word, living a discipled life. Yeah. Like yeah. I've been taught something. Right. And, and the, the answers are just, they were just beautiful because they were personal, but they lined up with the word of God that they had actually met Jesus. I mean, met, some of them just said the same thing. Said. He's the Christ. He's the son of the so living God. God. He's my savior. He's my deliverer. I mean, it's, it was just so, I was like, amen. But remember, I said about 80 people there, 30, 40 did it. And that's what we're dealing with. Even with people who go to church services <laughs> are they actually followers of jesus you ever been in a garage did it turn you into a car and i think that when people think oh i go to church service i'm a christian not quite <laughs> it's got a little more than that you went and now of course with covid hey, the number of churches that are still not meeting oh oh, oh it scares oh, me well it's, it's so if you can keep the money coming be careful what you say, preacher. <laughs> you know, then, uh, and, and again, now watch this, though. I, I do believe 
especially for younger people, that there's an aspect of the virtual stuff mm-hmm. that you've done. You, you, mm-hmm. How y'all have improved in yeah. communicating. Yeah, you got know, you got to be able to communicate. But at the point we give up on the relational. So Stacy and I were in Atlanta last weekend where oh. her sister is, um, and we went to one of the North Star satellite <laughs> churches. And I'm going to tell you what, that's a crazy production. Bro. And it was a pastor, a campus pastor from another church. Boom. And the way it looks, the way that the video is done, mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen it. It's, it's like right. he's standing yeah, on the right stage. There. Right, right. It's, and the it's, quality of it was quality, amazing. bro. But you're still in community because you're worshiping together. And so there's where the, the marriage of the digital, the virtual uh, meets up with the necessary gathering of the body together. So that well, you have that sort well, of experience. And you got, now, now watch this, though. That has to be connected to something smaller. Yeah. And that's where I, I feel like our ability to communicate that to people. Really, we appreciate you coming to this. And like you said, there, there's, God can use it. Don't, don't get me wrong. But we also need you to understand it's critical that you have some places of intimacy. Right. With people who know your life. And when a crisis hits, they're going to be there for you. Yes, and of course, I'm gonna say this about because of where I'm at. I, we have we have six house churches. Church, so talk yeah. about how the house churches function under the umbrella of right. East End Fellowship, because I know that's a movement that you've been part of yeah. long before right. East End even right. came into even being. Before East End, but with East End, we have six house churches, and we on Sundays we try to provoke people that we appreciate you being here. At this, if you really want to get to know us, if you really want to be a part. We just, we've been doing this whole series on spiritual family. That, that's how you do it. You visit the house churches, and then you find one that you end up actually locking in with. And what I love about this place and all of our brokenness and all craziness, like if somebody coming to a crisis like through COVID, thousands of dollars just without the church organizing it. Just people in their house churches taking care of other people in their house churches when stuff happened, when the car broke down, they lost a job. They, they had to be quarantined, they could get meals over. I mean, that stuff happens so beautifully that when people get mad at us, that's the one thing they, they really be like, but I know y'all love me. You know what I'm saying? I wish y'all would do this. I wish y'all would do this. But I can't get, I mean, I've had so many young people sit on this porch, but I can't get away from the community. We, you, you all really do try your best to live community. Do you get everything right? No, we don't get it right. We got a large contingent of young people who have left here because they they wanted us to marry people of the sunset. And we just said, we're just not going to do that. I mean, we don't love you, but we're just not going to do that. You know, and, and it's so hard in this, what they call council culture. We're saying, we, we'll keep walking to them. Well, you, you don't really love me if you're not going to do that. But I would imagine when a crisis hits in one of those lives, they still lean back into this oh, oh, yeah. community. Oh, oh yeah. Oh well, that's the other. That's the craziness of this of our story here. We have plenty of people who don't come here for church, but they still real close with people here. I mean, that's what's hilarious. Well, I thought you hated us, but half of your best friends still go here. But I'm not gonna be the one to act like, well, you can't do this. What are you doing being friends with this one? No. Mm-mm. It's interesting that you said our generation because we have a sense. 
you and I of what church should look like. Right. And that's right. not necessarily what church <laughs> needs to look like, should look like, did look like in Acts uh-oh, 2. Uh-oh. And so uh-oh. how do we navigate that? Because it's, it requires some change on our part. Don is the first, he's the first guy that, he had a bracelet or something one time that had DWJD. Right. And I was like, DWJD? What in the world is, is that? that? I ain't never seen that. Everybody's wearing the WWJD. So tell them what DWJD. Do what Jesus did. Stop asking questions. Right here in the book. <laughs> what would Jesus do? Uh, read the Bible. That's what he did. You also do what Jesus did. Right, because if we guess what Jesus would do, mm-hmm. then it's our opinion again. Mm-hmm. There you go. But if we do what he did, and, and I love what you're saying about the book of Acts, because that's where we got to be courageous. So but I much... admitted to them that I struggle with some of the house oh, church stuff. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, and you would have to. Why? Because we come from... We try to say we don't, but we come from a hierarchy. But we serve a Jesus who allowed the hierarchy to kill him versus him enforcing hierarchy. No. He, what did he do? Resurrection. And that's what's got to happen. Watch this now. That's what I believe has got to happen for the, for the larger church. We got to be okay with some of the ways and things that we do need to die for what purpose? For resurrection. And that's where, you know, we get down to the rudiments of what this is about. To know him. Fellowship of his suffering the power of his resurrection. We don't want to suffer. Before he resurrected, he suffered. He went through. But Jesus is um, hes fully capable of allowing the spirit to reveal him to people. And that's what I want. Because now when I look at it, all of this, Mike, what sticks to me is people who have had some type of real encounter with Jesus. Not head knowledge, not going to meetings. It's people who are able to articulate. I sought the Lord and and I met him. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Noble Man Podcast. We'll continue our conversation with Don Coleman next week and discuss how individuals can live a discipled life. If you enjoyed Don Coleman, see our new YouTube channel to listen to Don's workshop at our past conferences. Be sure to share this episode with others, joining us in our mission to see churches equip men to walk with Christ and lead well. God bless you.